0: We have an anchor. The Anchor of the Soul, soul with Mike Hickson, preacher for the Olive Branch Church of Christ in Olive Branch, Mississippi. To the rock which cannot move, grounded firm and deep in the Savior's love. And now, Mike Hickson. We're going to be looking at the book of Malachi. And as we look at the four chapters of Malachi... The theme of our study today is just going through the motions. Sometimes it's unfortunate that we get to a point in time in our relationship with God. That we're just going through the motions. Our heart isn't into it. And really, that's the setting of the book of Malachi. Malachi addresses a nation of people that were for all intents and purposes just going through the motions. Their heart wasn't into it. And so God used Malachi to stir these people up. And sometimes when we get to a point in time when we're just going through the motions. We need to be stirred up. We need to understand how much God has blessed us and how God desires our genuine love for him. We are to love him with all of our heart, soul, and mind. If we love him as we ought to, then we will, well, We won't be going through the motions. So I want us to look for just a minute at the book of Malachi. I want to begin by talking about the privilege that was bestowed on Israel. God's people may not have understood how much he had blessed them. Sometimes we tend to forget the lavish blessings that God has bestowed on us as his people they had forgotten just how much God had done for them in the past. And so he reminds them, first of all, of his care for them. And then secondly, he talks about the covenant that he had with them. Let me begin by just talking for a minute or two about his care for Israel. If you look at verse 2, and in the book there are, a series of statements that are made, and then those statements will be followed by a question. And so in verse 2 of chapter 1, God said to the people to whom he was writing, I have loved you. God loved these people. Now, they may not have understood just how much he did love them, but he did. As a matter of fact, back in Deuteronomy chapter 7, God talked about the love that he had for his chosen people. In Deuteronomy chapter 7, he said, I have loved you. I don't know how he could have been any plainer. You know, sometimes we express to people that we love. We verbalize our love to them. Sadly, sometimes... There's not a connection made. So God is saying to his people, I have loved you. In Jeremiah chapter 31, verse 3, Jeremiah the prophet, writing to the people of God, said, On behalf of the Lord, I have loved you with an everlasting love. Again, reminding them of how much he loved them. And then I think about his covenant. God entered into a covenant relationship with his people. As a matter of fact, down in verse 10 of chapter 2, he talks about that covenant. In Exodus chapter 19, after having delivered the children of Israel out of Egyptian bondage, God said, you have seen what I did to the Egyptians and how I bore you on eagle's wings and brought you unto myself. Now, therefore, if you will keep my covenant... And obey my voice indeed. He said you will be a special treasure to me. Above all people. For all the earth is mine. He said you will be a peculiar nation. A chosen nation. Now then in verse 8. The people responded. To that covenant. By saying all that the Lord has spoken. We will do. So these were privileged people. Those of us today who belong to the body of Christ, we are privileged to be a part of a divine body, a body that cost Jesus Christ his blood. Now, I want to talk for just a minute or two about some of the pollutants that were a part Of the nation of Israel. You see, there were some pollutants that were bothering this nation. Malachi, in a very graphic way, talks about some of the characteristics that were prevalent among his people. Let me begin by, first of all, pointing out that they had become insensitive. Now, again, if you look at Malachi chapter 1 at verse 2. Listen, if you would, to what God said. I have loved you, says the Lord. Now note their response. In what way have you loved us? Imagine people questioning the powerful, profound, and personal love of Almighty God. Are there not people today that question whether or not God loves them? The Bible declares the love of God over and over again. The Bible talks about how much God loves us. John 3, 16, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. In Romans chapter 5, verse 6, Paul said, When we were yet without strength, Christ died for the ungodly. In verse 8, he said, But God commendeth his own love toward us, in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us and then john said here in his love not that we love god but that he loved us again how much plainer could god be now no doubt the devil wants people to believe that god doesn't care about them that god doesn't love them here were covenant people to whom god had said i have loved you and their response in what way have you loved us Had God not demonstrated his love time and again for them? The answer is yes. And you and I, we can look to Almighty God and we think about the lavish love and the great blessings that have been bestowed upon us. We should never question the love of God. God loves each and every person despite our sins, despite our unrighteousness. His love is unconditional. Now there are conditions that must be met in order for us to appropriate the great blessings of God. But these people had become insensitive. And then there is a second characteristic, and that is they were irreverent. Malachi indicted the priest because they were offering what we might call second-rate sacrifices. Listen to what he said down in verse 6. A son offers, or rather, a son honors his father and a servant his master. If then I am the father, where is my honor? And if I am a master, where is my reverence, says the Lord of hosts, to you priests who despise my name? Yet you say, In what way have we despised your name? Now listen. You offer defiled food on my altar. But you say, In what way have we defiled you? By saying, the table, the table of the Lord is contemptible. And when you offer the blind as a sacrifice, is it not evil? When you offer the lame and sick, is it not evil? Offer it then to your governor. Would he be pleased with you? In many respects, these people had more respect for the governor of Persia than they did for the one true living God. And then drop down and look at verse 12. He said, You profane the table of the Lord, in that you say, The table of the Lord is defiled and its fruit. It's food is contemptible. You also say, oh, what a weariness, and you sneer at it, says the Lord of hosts. You bring the stolen, the lame, and the sick, thus you bring an offering. Should I accept this from your hand, says the Lord? But cursed be the deceiver who has in his flock a male and makes a vow, but sacrifices to the Lord what is blemished. For I am a great king, says the Lord of hosts, and my name is to be feared among the nations. Let me just pause here and make this observation. Is it not the case that each and every one of us are priests of God? Isn't that what the apostle Peter said in 1 Peter chapter 2 at verse 5? That we are to offer up spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through the Lord Jesus Christ, if God is not preeminent in our lives,